Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself Yourself a Gun. Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. We're very excited for all of you uh, joining us today on this uh, very special whatever day this gets released. Uh, Just a reminder to give us five stars and a review on the old apple podcast store very important that you do that uh it's important to me it's important to vince and uh at this point you've probably tuned it out every time i say it so i'm just gonna start saying it in the middle of the show randomly i'm just gonna cut to give us five stars and a review and it's gonna annoy the shit out of you until you do it listen we know exactly how many listeners we have all right (laughs) there's no reason that we shouldn't have exactly as many iTunes podcast store reviews. I'm just saying, I'm noticing. Vince, you don't seem mad about this. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you know, I do this I do this podcast not for the fans and not for the critics, so Yeah, you I'm do not, it for no one. Yeah. <laughs> if it were up up to you, we wouldn't even release the episodes, which is uh No way. That's how you know uh, you're in a good business partnership. This is why business and friends, they don't mix oil and vinegar. No, oil and vinegar mix. <laughs> that's good together. Yeah, fuck. Put that on some <laughs> some bread. Yeah, that's, you know, oil and something doesn't mix. Water, that's the one. Anyways, five stars in a review. Uh, also, patreon.com slash broadcast. Uh, our $8 tier is pod yourself a shout out. And uh, this week we have two more patrons. Oh, damn. Yeah, at the uh, $8 tier. So we're going to be shouting you out at the end of the episode. And Vince is going to give you a mafia nickname. So that's fun. Fun for you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is a hilarious comedian. You've seen him everywhere. He was recently on uh, Final Space on Adult Swim. Uh, He has a couple of podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, which he does with his wife, and also Dynamic Banter, which he does with Steve, the homie Steve, I call him. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) welcome Mike Falzone. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you for welcoming me into your... um 
into your environment. It's a nice environment, <laughs> and I'm glad to glad to have you here, Mike. Uh, I've wanted you on this pod for a while. Uh, I have a list of Italian friends <laughs> who I'm like. How long need, is the list? How many like, pages? <laughs> oh, it's about well, it's one page. Um, I mean, it's not the full page. I got there's three Italians in the world. One of them's Vince Mancini. The other one's Al Pacino, and the third one is Mike Falzone. That's right. That's 100 so, right. I knew I could get you on the pod, and uh, and I'm glad you're here. Um, are you a fan of The Sopranos? Um, I am a fan. Um, I remember watching religiously when the show came out, and um, I've gotten to revisit it a couple times since. I haven't gone all the way through and watched it back mm -hmm. like uh, episodically, but I have right. dabbled. And I have forgotten everything. And I'm uh -uh. there's nothing but stark reminders every time. <laughs> it's a lot. It's always heavy. I never yeah. like this episode is a perfect example of a bunch of shit that I probably expelled from my heart at some point. <laughs> and it's back. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a this is a traumatic one. And uh I I, I knew I for this one, I was like, you know, I really I really want an Italian on for this one because we <laughs> <laughs> we really got a tip door. We one. we really got it. No, this this one I was like, this is this is. I mean, it's an exciting episode. A lot happens. I won't get into it now because I also need to ask you. Uh, you know, do you like it, The Sopranos? Yes. All right. Do six, you think six, I would have said yes to this if I didn't like The Sopranos? Well, I mean, you know, it's like one of those things where some people don't like The Sopranos and then they uh, and they still do the podcast because they're like, uh, <laughs> well, I want to talk about it. <laughs> it happens. No, There's, man, I'm not going to. Well, well, we've no. made the mistake also of, uh, you know, having people who have never seen The Sopranos on and then we have to explain who every character is. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, that'd be a good podcast in and of itself. Just explaining shows to your mom or something. Yeah, um, sure. Man, yeah. Once, once we're out of episodes, that's a good idea for the next one, Matt. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. You just got to get one of our moms to agree to be on a podcast, mm. you know? Um, <laughs> My mom still yeah. signs her texts to me. So I feel like that might be above <laughs> her technological uh, expertise. I mean, it's not like she has to learn how to zoom. You just you just bring her into your room. She comes over thinking you're treating her to dinner or whatnot. Sure, and then sure. You just, she doesn't even know she's podcasting. Yeah, you know, just shove that microphone right in her face. Yeah, all right, I, I could see that. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a good idea for a pot. Um, she just has to think she's on a phone call. I mean, that's what will happen. She will think like, I'm so glad I'm on this Zoom call with all of your friends. Where is this going? <laughs> this is my impression of your mom, I think. <laughs> where, where is this going, this this podcast? You know, Do you have a, a very Italian mother? No, my mom is actually Armenian and Norwegian. It's my my, my father that's uh, Italian. So. Man, Mancini. Yeah. What kind of Italian is your father? uh he's like the stoned kind i don't know he's kind of like uh my dad's basically uh the dude from the big lebowski uh oh, okay. but like slightly more like crotchety like he's he's like the dude with a little bit more of a, an edge to him but is he like is he napoli Don? is he what part of the boot is he from did you uh, ever ask that we are from emilia romana on my uh grandmother's side up in the north and nice. then uh, we're from 
uh, the North, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're from like we're from the top of the boot, and that's top the thing, of the though. boot, and then the ankle from the oh, Calabres uh, or near Calabria on my grandpa's side. Calabres. Mm-hmm. What, what about nice. you, Mike? Do you know? Do you know I'm where you're mostly Sicilian? Wow, look at that. Yeah. There's some calabrese in there as well, but there's a, it's mostly a Sicilian situation. Oh, I love it. You, you, so you could, uh, do you need to be full blooded Sicilian to be in the mafia? Is that how it works? Oh, we don't talk about specifics. (laughs) That's That's why, you know how there's this newly like, yeah, yeah. There's like this new, um, argument online about, Mm -hmm. I don't really have the full grasp of it, but do you know what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about with, italians and the mafia and their oh no i've missed what's the, what's the argument i saw something I don't about know. it today I, but i didn't understand what it was i should i should have researched it a little better but i just know that there's some kind of ongoing like fight on twitter happening with italian americans and the mafia and a lot of people <laughs> there, there's something happening. not like italians americans against the mafia i don't sure, think right, the mafia right. has a, a twitter account yeah but um <laughs> growing so up it was like even if you had an uncle that you thought was like slightly attached to anything like no mm. one ever talked about it oh, like that amazing. was like it's like the least italian thing to be very vocal about yeah your family is attached to the mafia (laughs) yeah no because like if you actually are you know italian then there's like you know there there's at least they show in this show there's definitely like a class of italians especially kind of like middle-aged italians who kind of are still trying to live down the implications of like the fact that there is an italian american mafia like there's like they feel like it's like it's like their version of stereotyping and racism how so, no one's wow. trying to live anything down who gives a shit yeah, well you don't give a shit no, but that's that's because you have that norwegian blood <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's that racist blood yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> the old who gives a shit from the from the racist <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I don't know anyone in in my generation. You, when you say middle aged, middle aged, do you mean like us? <laughs> no, yeah, dude, right. we're young. We're young people still. We're older than us. No, yeah, older. I'm talking about old people. Not. Yeah, not, I guess. Uh, well, all of our zoomers. parents' parents were like drunk and real, <laughs> real handsy. So yeah, 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 yeah. you don't want to be super attached to to that. I guess. Yeah. That's fair. Well, look, they episode. worked with their hands and they loved with their hands. So, <laughs> you know, it, it takes all kinds. Yeah, it sure that's, that's does. Accurate. Yeah. And before we can get started, we must first, of course, play the theme song. Thank you for doing that while I was taking my sweatshirt. Off. I know. I saw you taking your sweater <laughs> off. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 
podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, today we are talking about from season four of The Sopranos, episode nine. Whoever did this, and uh, this episode premiered November 10th, 2002. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Oh, I definitely can. Uh, For your synopsis today, uh, we got Ralph's callous behavior finally steps over the line, while Chris Mm. gets deeper into his heroin addiction, and Uncle Junior's mental capacity begins to become in question. Mm, That is is true. That is what the episode is. Another bland synopsis from IMDb, but Vince. Well, we got a good title. We don't. It doesn't matter how bland the synopsis is, because we got like a title that is an actual uh, meme from uh, "I Think You Should Leave." And uh, boy, oh yeah, I know. That's right. This very much is the whoever did this. The uh, the guy in the banana suit or the hot dog (laughs) suit. Yeah, yeah. When he crashes the Wiener Mobile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we gotta catch the guy who did this. Yeah. no, it is, a, it is a great title for the episode. Uh, but Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode was released? You know, I think what you're trying to say, Matt, is that uh-huh. it's impossible to evaluate art, you know, divorced from its cultural com- context. And That's right. So I we got to remember that. what was happening culturally at the time uh, that this episode came out. And for that, uh, we go to uh, the Remember When machine. That is Google. Wow. Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Uh, It's a little more complicated than Google, Mike. But, you know, it's something like Google. Um, Yeah, so this was November 10th, 2002. A lot of things going on. We just had a midterm election. Uh, mm-hmm. We got uh, Republican control of Congress now, and uh, for this is from the Post. Headline is, Streets Revenge, Banks Now Scoff at Swallowing Radical Reform. Uh, emboldened by the Republican victory in Tuesday's election and Chairman Harvey Pitt's resignation from the SEC, Wall Street firms are fighting to slow down and even roll back some of the more onerous conditions of the proposed settlement over conflicted analyst research. Uh-huh. Uh, those two developments are likely to produce a more business-friendly climate for the firms to negotiate, and they're not about to let the opportunity pass. All right, that's uh, that's interesting. This is all like right before <laughs> we invade Iraq, too, which yeah. Uh, yeah, which is nice. It's nice to know that they, uh, you know, they use this gotta, time to gotta loosen some rules, invade some countries, and uh, everything will probably work out great. I think. Yeah. I mean, no, nothing you bad know, could happen in the late aughts because of this, I'm thinking. No, 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 no. Just deregulate the whole thing and we'll work it out later. Look, housing know? prices are going to go up and up. Yeah. Take out as many mortgages as you want. Yes. Uh, and, buy lots of houses. And give your money R. to... R.I.P. Bernie Madoff. Yeah, give your money R. to Bernie <laughs> Madoff. He's a genius. R.I.P. Oh, he's so smart, dude. <laughs> that dude is going to make everyone so much money. Oh, I wish I'd been alive to give him my money. <laughs> I, read all- I wish I had been alive so my parents could sign away their retirement plans exactly, to dude. Bernie Madoff. I get oh, so that- conflicted when I read all those stories. Because, you know, I went back today reading all the stories about Bernie Madoff and all these people that lost money. And it's so, mm-hmm. you get so conflicted reading it because there are all these people that just have like ridiculous amounts of money who retired early to play golf in Florida. And then, right. And then they're like, they lost everything. And yeah, partly you feel bad, but partly like you had 
millions and millions to invest. So I don't know. It's yeah, no, you have to have a lot of money to get ripped off by Bernie Madoff. I always felt sad for the number one for like, I think there was obviously like people who put their pensions and whatnot yeah. in their in and his, charitable foundations yeah, and charitable foundations and stuff. But yeah, for the most part, I did you watch that? Um, there was like a Bernie Madoff. I think it was a mini series with Robert De Niro. <laughs> no, I or, didn't know. Yeah, where he's just, you know, like he's just very Italian. I don't know why they do this. Why do they do this to De Niro? They always are like, uh, this one, you're going to be a Jew or an Irish. And he's just standing there like, really? Me? Can I? Can you please just make me Italian? I'm the most Italian. What if Italian he's requesting man. it? Like he's yeah. done with being Italian. <laughs> People know. I got to get out there and stretch do. my wings. <laughs> I've got a lot. I got a lot of range. I can do Jew. I can do Irish. <laughs> Well, how about on this one, if I'm a little Irish, <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, if only I could do an impression of him, uh, Vince. What, what else was going on? In, well, in the news, I got another story that I'm sure will work out great uh, mm. going forward. War plan for Iraq calls for big force and quick strikes. Ah, uh, yes. The buildup to the war. President Bush oh. has settled on a war plan for Iraq that would begin with an air campaign shorter than the one for the Persian Gulf War. <laughs> it would feature <laughs> swift ground actions to seize footholds in the country and strikes to cut off the leadership in Baghdad. Mm. The plan approved in recent weeks, uh, well before the Security Council's unanimous vote on Friday to disarm Iraq, calls for amassing 200,000 to 250,000 troops for attack by air, land, and sea. The offensive would probably begin with a rolling start of substantially fewer forces, Pentagon and military officials say. Oh, it's so amazing. It's funny because, like, I just wasn't a conscious or informed person at the time. You know, I was like, you know, in, I don't know, ninth grade or 10th grade or something. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I really remember being like, we gave them a chance. We (laughs) gave them a chance. To give up the WMD and they blew it. And like now I'm like, you hear this and you're like, man, the entire time we're like, uh, you know, telling them that they have a chance to not have a war. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're like in the newspaper being like, our plan is to destroy uh, their infrastructure completely (laughs) first and then to kill every last man, woman and child. You know, if it happens, if it, you know. Yeah. Got to prepare for what might happen um yeah yeah that was a long build-up seems like uh we kind of telegraphed that one yeah i see it now didn't i still think we gave him a chance dude (laughs) yeah we we said saddam fucking just be chill and he was sketch that shouldn't you can't can't have other people being sketched especially when you have such a squeaky clean image to uphold it's your job to go around the world and be like stop being sketch over here stop having this conversation in the corner don't try to kill my dad or whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it's like we're going around we're just trying to spread the chill you know that's america's job is to make sure we take out all the sketch people and replace them with chill people america the chill america is just trying to make some scrambled eggs and you know mm-hmm. Saddam comes into the house and he starts ranting about his uh, his dead horse, his dead horse, and <laughs> one thing leads to another, and uh, hey, it's a war. That's how it goes. Yeah, that is yeah. Uh, very very good tie into mm. the Sopranos. Yeah. I think so. I chose this next story just because. Uh, well, it was really really random, but it it did have modern 
allusions to modern times. Uh, mm-hmm. This is in the New York Times for some reason, but it's about San Jose. Uh, rooting for rain and for relief from feral pigs. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. It has been raining cats and dogs here for two days, and people are here are glad. Maybe this means it will finally stop raining pigs. The what hope the f- is that the pigs will head back to the hills, said Lindsay Wolf, who lives in California Maison, a condo development at the south end of town. Now that we have rain, people are waiting it out and hoping for the best. For the last few months, the condominiums and nearby neighborhoods have been under siege by marauding wild pigs. <laughs> Dude, think about any of the headlines from the past, I don't know, 500 days in this country, present time. Have you seen one be like, well, the residents are kind of upset (laughs) because all the pigs around. There's there's too many pigs, dude. They're they're fucking up the vibe of the neighborhood. (laughs) Just be chill, pigs. Yeah, what the fuck? Hungry and thirsty pigs that walk miles for a meal. Huge pigs that outweigh many of the people who live there. Abundant bands of pigs that enjoy nothing more than gouging the succulent lawns and, when stuffed, making more pigs. I'm sorry, but are they talking about our our listeners? Because this feels... They're talking about the piggies. These, I mean, are, these, these are the famished, ravaging hogs that listen no. to this wonderful podcast. Our listeners are more like industrialized piggies where they just mm. they wait patiently for their slop when it comes into That's the little true. Trough, trough. Yeah. These yeah. are like the feral hogs that you need to protect your wife with with your yeah. uh, AR40 50 AR15. One of those things. Yeah. Um, Damn. The grass is torn up 100 feet from my door, Mrs. Wolf said. There's a big gravel area to the side, but they're not interested in that at all. They go right for the lawn. <laughs> I built it for them. (laughs) They haven't touched any of the gravel. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? Almost everyone who cares about the city's reputation is fed up with pig talk. It's not something (laughs) we will answer questions about, said a spokesman for Compass Management Group, the property managers for California Maison. (laughs) And that's so funny. We're done. No further questions. (laughs) Can somebody please ask me about my sex scandal for once? All right. We are so tired of fucking every (laughs) night and day we're talking about the piggies. There's a war building up and people just want to talk about the feral hogs. I got to say, I'm weirded out that their whole thing is like, uh, you know, we uh, luckily it's it's raining. You know, I'm like, but don't pigs pigs. love mud? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why do they think the pigs, the rain will get? I like to think there's a small pocket of San Jose where everyone's fucking stupid and there's no like there's no one who understands pigs at all and they just see the rain and even the journalists are like maybe the rain come down make pigs go away (laughs) (laughs) like they're completely cut out from the outside world there's a giant wall (laughs) so they're just like I mean I read that they hate the rain because the rain my uncle said rain pig went away from his house so we (laughs) figured why why not dude they go outside and they scoop a handful of dirt and they're like it's pretty dry here come them pigs here come them pigs it's pig weather this is pig weather it's too dry dry out out here here. it is pig dry (laughs) (laughs) oh well that's a that's a delightful story from 2002 yeah i'm glad um, one town wasn't talking about the war the top movies in the country were uh, eight mile the Santa Claus oh, yeah. 2 and The Ring. Mm. Um, top yeah, pop nice. song was Lose Yourself. 
by Eminem, Mom Spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, and the top rock song was still You Know You're Right by Nirvana. Same as last yeah. week for the songs, but you know. Yeah. Wow. What yeah. a cool intersection of of music for Eminem to be like movie Eminem, not like yeah. Slim Shady. Yeah. And yeah. for uh He's that was after Kurt Cobain had died though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had died yeah. and then uh they like released like a best of with like a couple new originals, like un un what was that? from the Muddy Banks of the Wishka? Is that what was, that was? It was after the Muddy Banks album. It was like uh yeah, it was like this it was just like a best of Nirvana and then like sure. the last like a couple of tracks were unreleased songs. And that was like one of them that I was like, Oh yeah, that's pretty good. But it like I can't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can like actually sing it. If I, it, no. it, I remember it being on the radio, and I remember Not, being like, I yeah. I don't you know, know you're all right. You that's know all I remember. Right. Yeah, that's, that's all I remember the was. commercial for it. I yeah. remember the TV commercial for that album, and <sighs> that was like a huge deal that there was a song that none of us had ever heard. And yeah. then I remember even being, because I was a senior in high school in that time, and I was like big Nirvana fan, and I was yeah. like, if it was any good, I would have heard it. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The I mean, same they already, heart-shaped box. They already yeah, yeah. released like two full albums of like rarities and B-sides and shit, and that, was, that wasn't on them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Courtney Love had it in her pocket. She was ready, you know. She's like, it's been eight years since I murdered him, and uh, time to make some money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's get this money before the pigs come to town. God damn it. <laughs> God damn right. <laughs> All right, well, so that was uh, Remember One Machine, wasn't it? Sure was. That has been the Remember One Machine. Yeah, so now let's get into the story. Uh like Vince said, you know, the synopsis is, was, that was the synopsis. Um, I, I have my own synopsis that I'd like to present to you um, in the form of uh, the Bada B stories. Um, <clears throat> and- <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm a fan of this show. <clears throat> this is the Bada B stories. Tone, 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 tone. Tell me what you're gonna do with about a B stories when Tony comes for you. When Tony comes for you, what you gonna do with about a B stories when Tony comes for you? Head south, give it up for Polly. Ralphie pranks Polly's mommy, uh, but then his son Justin gets an arrow right through his body. Uh, Junior rolls down seven stairs, look at him while he lay. Goes to hospital, but there's something wrong with his brain. Little Tony goes to Ralphie, says, I want you to hear it from me. I took your girl, man. I hope you don't hurt my horsey. Ralphie prays and he prays and he prays and he prays. Stop looking at me like that, Vince. Every day, every day, every day. Tony at the crossroads. Should he kill Ralphie? Tony at the crossroads for burning his horsey. Chrissy at the crossroads. He might be a junkie. Ralphie at the crossroads. He won't be lonely. Boom. That was it. That was all the Bada B stories. Hmm. Dude, do you do that every episode? (laughs) Thankfully, that's amazing. (laughs) It is, uh, you know, I'm glad you like it, Mike, you know, because it's one of those things it's where... It's very brave to do it live, we'll say that. It is, it is. Sometimes I, I have it pre-recorded, I got a little backing track on it. and <laughs> never, ever pre-record that. <laughs> my, 
favorite part was the one where you you kind of had a good flow going and then you had to like catch up on the words and you're like um okay <laughs> i mean i'm reading it listen it's not like i have time to practice it's great dude thank you i thank love you. it I love i'm glad it. someone out there enjoys my bada b stories yeah. so you hear that listeners the and guests what a great like recap it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It recaps everything. I talked about all the things that happened. Um, let's just do uh, some general thoughts on this episode. Uh, Vince, what do you think? I mean, this is obviously an eventful episode. It starts off like your standard, funny, uh, entertaining Sopranos episode. Mm-hmm. You got a few storylines going on. And then, uh, you know, they got some narrative heavy lifting to get done. And uh, it's kind of one of those episodes, like, they know you're going to remember the consequential act, you know, where this sort of main character gets whacked and they kind of expand time from there, which, yeah. uh, you know, it worked. It's like, a, it's like a TikTok, you know, when they do those news stories where they just, they they write it from, like, each moment by moment. They kind of do, like, a moment by moment thing after mm-hmm. uh, Ralphie gets whacked. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a good, good solid episode. It's like there's two there's two halves to this episode. The first half, like you said, is a, your standard Sopranos fare, and the second half is just the murder of Ralphie Cifaretto, and then kind of like the disposing of the body, mm-hmm. which is it's very true crime I, podcast towards the end of uh, the episode. Yeah, but but I really love it. I yeah. I think I, I I really like when the, the Sopranos gets into the not just the nitty gritty but kind of like the mundaneness of murder you know because yeah like this in this episode the this the entire second half isn't just tony getting rid of the body it's tony uh just lecturing chrissy for being a junkie (laughs) (laughs) while getting rid of a body while getting rid of a body and like giving him life advice and uh, that's, I think that's peak Sopranos when, when they're doing something sociopathic, but they still feel the need to be like, you want to be a good family man, you know, yeah. have a wife, have some kids, you know, a <laughs> nuclear family is very good for a child. Like, it's yeah. like anyway, drain, yeah. go drain that corpse. Yeah, yeah. Drain the blood out. You know, it's got to be nice I was nice taught and to dr- drive a backhoe at 13 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so let's start with um, first. I mean, we start in court. Line. We do. We start in court start- with Junior's uh, court case, and he yeah. he comes down the steps, and there's a big media scrum, which apparently yeah. this trial's like a big media feeding frenzy. And he sees like the hot reporter, and he turns around, and some guy just like runs a boom mic right into his dome and uh, knocks him down the steps. Sure does. I, and I, I like that. That wasn't the story yeah like no one reported on that they were just like this fucking old asshole fell down the stairs yeah Yeah. what an old asshole yeah like somebody fucking hit him with a piece of equipment yeah it was great because it was very much like the the news it was manufacturing consent it was straight up chomsky style it was like he fucking the news created the story by hitting him with the boom mic yes. watching him fall down the steps and then they reported on it like they had it's like yeah it's the italian princess diana situation yeah absolutely <laughs> it was just the paparazzi causing a horrible accident and then taking pictures a fucking feeding frenzy i um, like that uh junior 
and friends didn't immediately recognize this for the opportunity that it was. Uh, what do you whereas, mean? Well, just like they got the opportunity to be like the wronged party and to milk this for all it was worth. And that, and, you know, it took Tony stepping in to be like, hey, you know, you should really play this to the hilt. And uh, yeah, that's true. Tony is yeah. the one who like tells him, hey, you know, maybe you're not milking this enough. Yeah. But um, but I have a clip of the scene where uh, he he gets hit with the boom. Now I missed the early bird special. Took a half chicken home the other night. Is it just me or does he like morph into George Costanza at times? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's been slowly getting more and more uh, old Jewish man as this has gone on. Gonna make the early bird special. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's all the old Italians care about, man. Yeah, <laughs> I had my grandfather. Whenever mm. we had like a family gathering, there would be all the food would be on the kitchen table, and you go up with your plate and you take a little bit off of each serving tray, and then you mm. go eat it in the living room or out on the deck or whatever. And my grandfather used to be there early, would mm-hmm. start eating before as soon as the food <laughs> touched the table, and he would just pull his chair up to where all the food was. He would get a chair like from the deck and just put it near the cold cuts so it's, don't underestimate the importance of the early bird special. you guys are just going around him to the to the uh, yes. buffet yes and no one thought anything of it that's great yeah because he's old that's the thing yeah. about age after a while you grow out of like just you know standard politeness or tact. or yeah you grow there's no tact anymore well, you You're grow just like, out of the ability like you recognize that your ability to change who you are has come to an end and so there's yes. no need to put on airs anymore you're like yeah, yeah no i'm the guy Dude. that pulls his chair up to the buffet that's that's me now that's me for 100 percent because yeah. you i i hear all my relatives doing it now they're like who is this who am I being this for? Who's it for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then once there's no one to be like, well, I should be whatever I'm going to be for the sake of yada, yada. Right. You're yeah. just like, yeah. no, there, where's the food? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it must be freeing to be completely like free from the judgment of society. I think yeah. especially old people who travel together in packs. That, that's when you know there's trouble because those guys don't give a fuck about well, social no. morals. Yeah, and no. free from the the like judgment of yourself. You're you've just yeah. accepted like this. This is who I am. Uh, yeah. I will never be anything but this, and uh, I accept me. Yeah, yeah. Now, now pull up a chair. We're going to the sizzling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a couple years left. Pull up <laughs> <Yeah>. a chair. It's <laughs> out of it. Mr. Soprano, here we go. 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 Here we Here comes the boom. DMX uh, recently passed. Just had to give a shout out on Pod Yourself a Gun. Um, I do love that someone asked if he had been shot, and it's like, no, no, this is the Sopranos. He died. He he got hurt mundanely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, you're right there, dude, and you're a reporter, <laughs> yeah. fucking worst reporter ever. You're next to a guy who just fell down the stairs. What could have been? Did a crocodile get him? No, dude. He got hit with a microphone and he fell down the stairs. Well, he's just they're doing what they do, which is trying to sensationalize it immediately. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. I saw the boom, maybe a. 
bullet caused it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Who knows was... what kind of boom it was? Was it the boom from a gun? It's like, <laughs> you, you know that when someone said it was a boom that they were all like, oh, that sucks. Like, we, we yeah. hope to watch him die. Dude, you oh. think uh, on Bagel Friday in the in the news lunchroom, they were like, mm-hmm. hey, how about when Junior got hit with the boom? I bet that was a bottom boom, right, guy? Yeah. <laughs> hey, was, Junior. We, we, hey, we Junior. call that a bottom boom. Hey, Junior. Nice bottom boom. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, he falls, hits his head, and uh, ends up in the hospital tragically misses the early bird special which uh you know can't even remember uh, he wakes up wondering if he got the early bird special and yeah, they're like no yeah. you've missed that man yeah and then uh janice comes in i love janice's little scene he she she makes small but mighty appearances in this episode mm. just to you know be janice at her peak mm-hmm. uh she first thing she does is come in and insult the neurologist who's there <laughs> right <laughs> and instantly just instantly like we're taking him to another hospital with like good care and he's just like all right which uh <laughs> the cop the, the the doctor is like well i'm done here yeah yeah clearly you don't give a fuck about what i have to say and of course tony is pissed off because uh he's dealt with doctors before and knows how fragile their egos are um but yeah then you're right uh, like tony is the one who mentions to junior to that he needs to milk this more because junior is able to convince him that and convince everyone who's in the mafia that he's actually okay mm-hmm. you know that just because he hit his head and didn't pass this fucking test you know doesn't mean that he's fucked up um and so they spend the rest of junior storyline trying to teach him how to uh I don't know how to fail a test, uh, like a cognitive test. How to be in a believable way. Yeah. 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 In a believable way. The question is, yeah, he's got to pretend to be, to have dementia and uh, he's really playing it to the hilt. And sort of the question is, is like, is, can you get dementia poisoning in the same way that you get irony poisoning? Uh, like from from doing things like is he gonna fake being uh having dementia so well that he eventually actually gets dementia? It seems like it. I I think like part of having dementia might be um not knowing you have dementia, and so if someone says, "Hey, act demented." That's what you call someone who has yeah. dementia, right? That's right. They're, yeah. they're demented. Oh, they're dement- yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's what you call them. Uh, and, uh, you know, then you're like, yeah, sure. And then, I, you know, with him, I think it's clear that, like, he clearly is working on a dementia. And, uh, and he can't even really, he can't even really fake it because he's, because he's actually having it you know what i mean like he's like he's he's trying to fake it and he doesn't know if he just kind of if he just acts the way he is then he will he'll fail the test no problem yeah he has no idea he's going that way but he is very much i mean yeah. we get a bunch of clues in the episode yeah to say that he's very much on the road and they don't need to like it's like going up to a wasted person to be like quick act drunk so we can get out of this situation <laughs> yeah, right exactly <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I I very much enjoy how Junior does not see anything funny in having to fake his dementia, and I actually I have a clip of him uh, of him yelling at them for for making fun of it. 
Maybe you should just wipe your ass with the paper, then they'll know you're a whack job. <laughs> you think this is funny? I'm a source of amusement. I pretend to wipe my ass in front of people. Nah, take it easy. I lived my whole life with dignity. Now I gotta pretend I'm a fucking drooling idiot. Shkumbari. Just a good, clean way out, Uncle June, that's all. My poor fucking brother, Eckley. How oh, they mocked him. <laughs> well, he's got the brother. So, I mean, you know, this. there was a real guy that did this. So this is, like, basically based on... Oh, really? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't know that. Vincent the Chin Gigante, the powerful New York mob boss who avoided prison for decades by wandering Greenwich Village's streets in a ratty bathrobe and slippers as part of an elaborate feigned mental illness. Uh, Damn. Died Monday, blah, blah, That's blah. That's putting on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> the, the prestige, yeah. Um, yeah, right. This It's like uh, the magician who's walking around with the fucking uh, the fishbowl in his fucking thing. Uh, yeah. Damn, he's really He's going pulling for rabbits it. out of yeah random <laughs> things on the street look at me i'm a, I'm a magician yeah. <laughs> right everyone apparently he look did how this, magic i yeah. am he did this for like 25 years what wow. <laughs> yeah okay wait wow. a second if you do it for 25 years then officially you are just crazy right yeah uh, denying that he was a gangster gigante wandered the streets of greenwich village in night clothes muttering incoherently Relatives, including a brother who was a Roman Catholic priest, insisted Gigante suffered from para- paranoid schizophrenia and Alzheimer's disease. Authorities charged that it was a brazen act to avoid the law, although it wasn't until 1997 that a jury agreed, and it took six years for Gigante to concede his subterfuge. At the height of his power, blah, 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 uh, the Looney Tunes Act served Gigante well. It kept him out of prison for 30 years. Uh, but in the end, he was a victim of his own crazy act. He never had a chance to enjoy the fruits of his plunder, and he told some people that if given the chance, he wouldn't do it that way again. <laughs> if I ever get reincarnated as a gangster, which <laughs> I will choose to be, <laughs> I'm gonna this do. Time. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fool the cops in a different way. I love that. <laughs> it's like, it's I such remember, a good moment. Yeah, I remember. I also had a fast car, so <laughs> this time I will try to get away in the car <laughs> yeah. rather than act crazy for thirty some odd years. I love. I love planning out your your next life's crimes it just while you're just like yeah 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 yeah. i'm definitely gonna be a gangster again but i'm gonna do it slightly different it'll be great people will love it man Um, what a time suck it was to act like you're crazy for 30 years i mean every day i'm pouring milk in my underwear every morning i wake up i eat a wet bowl of shit (laughs) (laughs) i really perfectly fine (laughs) i write a letter to my dead mother i I roll it in my own feces and i smear it on the wall i have countless burns countless burns on my penis from when i put hot needles on there I did licking the TV, licking the television <laughs> for hours on end. I masturbated in countless public restrooms <laughs> with the door open. Yeah. I mean, Good it could him. be freeing just to, you know, have no rules for that. I mean, many years. I think after 25 years, I mean, you like it. And it just right. seems like such yeah. a it's a weird act because it's like the the way you catch mobsters is you know, if they have the drugs on them or they get caught on tape. So 
you know, it's it's very strange to be like, oh no, that's just a crazy guy who wanders around. It's like, no, we have him on tape selling drugs. <laughs> like, right. what the fuck? It seems kind of uh, strange, but uh, hey, whatever works. Um, yeah, so he uh, he f- gets Junior gets coached on how to take the test correctly, and then he does take the uh, cognitive test eventually. <laughs> And uh, and it really reminded me of like, hold on, I'm gonna wait for Vince to get back. <laughs> Vince just ran out. I'm sure there's uh, either hot tea is buzzing or uh-huh. uh, or someone's at the front door or a dog is barking. We're almost positive it's not an emergency situation. No, because he wouldn't run like that. I feel like he would uh, he would run less like he's he's got a better run that was just he was that was a lumber he lumbered over right that wasn't the that wasn't the alarmed run no vince what happened just had to go pee <laughs> you can announce that <laughs> well i thought i we guys were talking i don't want to like slow down the... no, i was talking to you too oh uh, well <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna jump sec. back in sleep seamlessly Oh yeah. Well, you I know, had to go was... to my neighbors and ask for some ice cream. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? Very good tie-in. Very good. Vince is wearing a bathrobe and ratty slippers right now. <laughs> yeah, you can't see it. Are you trying to get away with a crime right now? Just walking around. I'm never not trying to get away with a crime. That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, eventually Junior does take the test, and it uh, reminded me of um, that time that Trump talked about his cognitive tests. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I have a, a clip of that. I'm going to say three words, and I want you to repeat them. Boat, flag, shirt. Person, woman, man, camera, <laughs> TV. Okay, let's move on. Who was the president of the United States? George Bush. And who was the president before George Bush? John Kennedy. You know where I was? Uh-oh. You know what you know what that wow, sound means, stretch, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, it's not a stretch. Uh he did say George Bush. And then he said, Do you know do you know where I was? So therefore, we're gonna be He doing... said John Kennedy and then do you know where I was? No, but first he said George Bush, and right. then he said who's president after that. And anyways, it is time for our segment. <laughs> Who did 9-11 in, in which uh, someone on The Sopranos mentioned something close to 9-11? I'm going on record <laughs> in, in that I don't think that was a 9-11 reference. But That was a 9-11 reference. <laughs> and, then we so our, <laughs> and then we ask our guest, who did 9-11? So Mike Falzone, yeah. who, did, who did 9-11? I almost want to reject this question because it is such a stretch that this is <laughs> now I'm kind of questioning am I just on a 9-11 conspiracy podcast that somehow yeah. some sometimes they like sugarcoat it with Sopranos it, you know this is our version of walking around in uh, fucking slippers and a bathrobe yeah. it's yeah, like I we pretend it. to do a Sopranos podcast but really this is a conspiracy theory podcast yeah 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 well you know you can you can answer whatever you like who do you think did it I don't know. I haven't thought about it in a long time. All right. Fair enough. That is the answer. He has not thought about it in a long time. Yeah, yeah. The well, final answer. You really, yeah, you know, answer. all they said was to never forget. And then here you are 
just walking I mean, around oblivious. <laughs> you, you know, it's not like I forgot that it happened. <laughs> I definitely it it's forever burned in my memory that it mm-hmm. happened, but yeah. I don't think about hey, what was that guy's name again? <laughs> sure, yeah. Who did 9/11? <laughs> Well, we all have our theories. We all have our we theories, do. Mike. His name I mean, was I'm George. sure you guys. There you go. There you go. That's it. That's what yeah. I was waiting yeah. for. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so moving on, um, he passes his. He fails his test. He passes at failing his test. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't remember I like whether that, I love that Trump clip because it's like. He sort of mm. just started in the middle of the conversation where like he kind of just assumed that the whole world n- had taken one of those tests and yes. he was like he was dunking by reciting the answer to the test uh from Still earlier. Yeah, he's like, you know, I obviously did a very good job, man, camera, person, woman, TV. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it just sounds like a random string of gibberish to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it and the worst part about it was is that like you it's like you i did knew. very good on the math test uh yeah. 7 23 <laughs> x equals 8 uh yeah, one yeah. man the two cameras pi to the six power uh <laughs> the quadratic equation you know and th- this and so forth answers of the test no i mean it, it was so clear that like that trump like that his brain was melting uh and is still currently melting but it it was nothing made it more clear than him pretending (laughs) that those were the words that he got because there's no way the words that he got were man and woman (laughs) and camera and person and television (laughs) like they wouldn't all be connected (laughs) like it was just he was just saying the things that he saw i mean the guy the guy could riff (laughs) (laughs) they gave me the test and they said news anchor camera helicopter tv (laughs) yeah white house grass uh, (laughs) ex-wife yeah yeah. i mean (laughs) the guy could riff like no other Oh, what a riffer! No, the guy was—he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's king at riffing, but uh, you know, sometimes his riffs are coming from a melted brain. Um, <laughs> right. So, so then we go to Ralphie's kids. Well, just to just oh, sorry, to wrap up, Junior. Uh, Junior takes his cognition test, and whatever happens with that, uh, the last thing we see of him, he's going over to a neighbor's house asking for ice cream, and that's when you're like, oh shit, he actually no. Is, is that what you took from that? I took from that like he saw the FBI out there sitting in the car and he's like, I got to play this up. I'm going to go fucking uh, ask for I- my neighbors for ice cream. No, no, that I don't know. I didn't get that at all. That was him asking for ice cream. No, I think he was, uh, I think he was going with the, going with the act right there. Have you seen the series? <laughs> Not for 20 years, but yeah. All right. Yeah. He's definitely, he's definitely not. That was, I think I at mean, the end of this episode, it leaves it at least ambiguous. I would say though. It, yeah. Well, they do. That's the thing with the Sopranos. They kind of like, they, they leave mental illness very ambiguous. They did the same thing with Tony's mom, Livia, where you weren't sure if she knew what she was saying, if she actually ordered a hit on Tony or if she just was so It's a show there. that really makes you wonder whether old people with Alzheimer's are just faking it for attention. Yeah, that is true, dude. I've always wondered that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime Which I is what old... the show was all about. That's what the show is. <laughs> is The show is about 
how old people fake shit and you right. know they, they couldn't call it old people fake alzheimer's yeah, so actually, they had to name it the soprano it's actually yeah, a but, common mental illness it's called the uh, munchausen's by pudding nice very good sorry all no it's all good <laughs> you know what that means, you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> time to go to the lightning time for my section yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who did who bombed the uss liberty <laughs> was it the israelis um all right so the next uh storyline is i mean this is just the tony and ralphie storyline um we get uh the first half ralphie well it's mostly yeah it starts with ralphie's kids who are you know playing lord of the rings well no but before that it's one of my absolute favorite scenes in this in this episode the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy it's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Ralphie is sitting around with his crew trying to figure out oh, who yes, told yes, yes. Johnny yeah. Sack the joke about Jeannie's, you know, b- the fat joke about Jeannie. And uh, they, Ralphie deduces that it had to be Polly. So it's kind of incredible <laughs> so Ra- that it took him this long. Yeah, that is, it's, I mean, I think the fact that Polly wasn't there at the time when he told the joke, I think that probably threw him off for a bit but yeah, yeah you no. know how when you have a relative that's like about to die and suddenly you realize all the great things about him that you took for granted um it's mm-hmm. kind of like the show is doing this with ralphie like he's about he's about to die in this episode yet they really play up all of his good qualities like that he is a good earner and he makes yeah. excellent prank calls yeah and the whole thing with like his kid is mm-hmm. just the very they're yeah. just trying to humanize the the fuck out of them to make the impact of what yeah later. no they they this is definitely they they it's one of the best misdirections i think in the sopranos is that this is you think the tragedy of this episode is what happens with his with his kid and you kind of think like Ralphie is essentially untouchable in this episode because yeah, of the yeah, fact yeah. that, mm. you know, you, you you feel bad for him and you're kind of like watching him maybe changing into a different man. But uh, and then, of course, that all goes south. But uh, but before we get there, uh, I have a clip of uh, Ralphie pranking Nucci Gaultieri. Hello, Mrs. Marianucci Gaultieri. Yes. Hi, this is Detective Mike Hunt, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania Police Department. <laughs> you have a son, Peter Paul? Oh, my God, what happened? He's all right, ma'am, but I'm afraid he's in a little trouble. We found him in a public men's room in Lafayette Park. I don't know how to put this delicately. He was sucking a Cub Scout stick. <laughs> no, it's a mistake. Ma'am, I wish that was all. Uh... But I'm afraid we had to have emergency surgery performed upon arrival at headquarters after discovery of a small rodent in the rectal passage. Oh, my God. A gerbil, ma'am. Uh, the county does not cover medical procedures deemed caused by criminal sexual activity. Section 4, paragraph 50. We'll need an insurance number. 
Oh, Maroon. I have blue cross blue shield. Is that all right? <laughs> Ma'am, ma could you hold on for one second? I have the hospital on the other line. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Really good. So, Mike, as an as a Sicilian, I don't know. Like, I grew up with my relatives saying this, but I actually don't know what they're saying. Like, are they saying Marone, uh, or is it Maron. like Madone, like the Madonna? Like, what is the what's the word they're saying there? Marona me is like a oh my goodness type. Right, okay. That's how it's used. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that's like a flabbergasted emotion. Yeah. I, I, I thought love, it was an R my whole life, and then I saw people type it like Madon, like the Madonna without the A at the end, and well, I was like, I don't think that's what they're saying, but no, maybe. but the way they pronounce it, I mean, Gabagool is not spelled Gabagool; it's spelled Capricola, right? Capricola. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like the it's the way they say "Oh my God" would be like Madon, but yeah. not with a D. Ma Madon, Madon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like Madonna an expression. Me. And yeah. it's like if you whenever you get really flabbergasted or surprised or like aghast at something, you're always making direct contact with with yeah. God and, and I mean, blessing yourself. I knew the con I knew what it meant and the context in which you say it and what it indicated, but I didn't actually know what they were saying. It was you know when you right, hear, yeah. hear a I word mean, without ever gets, seeing it spelled out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most of the things like my my dad, especially in his side of the family, it's like my grandparents parents were fluent and mm. my grandfather was fluent but mm. the things that get passed down to my dad are like you know bastardized versions mm -hmm. and right. my dad was just like my dad was born in new york so mm. we have like half swears and like half sounds yeah. that we've heard from the family you know so you never you never 100 percent know what's happening yeah I, you know what i love or i don't love this let me go on the record i don't love this but you know what's interesting is that like the bastardized kind of like American versions of uh, language. The one thing that you don't lose are not only things like "Oh my God," but you also you also don't lose the racial slurs. No, those yeah. always no. get passed down. Stay pristine. Yeah, it's like <laughs> like every everyone who comes from an immigrant group knows at least three different racial slurs, and yeah. it's like uh, and it's like it's just. It's very, it's, it's almost the most American thing about them. You know, it's like, that's the thing you, you come here to America and you assimilate into a standard American racism. So everyone <laughs> learns all the racial. Well, I had parents that kind of, my parents put the kibosh on that. Oh, my, that's nice. That's would, good. Would put filters, mm -hmm. uh, uh, up. So certain things didn't get through. Oh, it's that's like good. when you when you when people have like a blood clot and they put yeah. those those the thing in the like yeah, sifter yeah. yeah and they get the stint that's yeah. what I yeah. mean and uh, and a lot of the racial stuff didn't get through and you would hear that with like extended family who yeah, wasn't yeah. who didn't that, have the same that's kind of mostly what I'm system. talking about I'm talking about yeah. extended family where all of a sudden you'll hear like a, a racial slur in Yiddish and you'll be like why you know <laughs> yeah what is that <laughs> why are you doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like you don't need why um but yeah anyways um i i love that ralphie scene uh, my favorite quote from this episode is a gerbil ma'am it's just <laughs> fantastic yeah i mean dude i have a note here i'm not sure exactly where it is so stop me if it's in a different point oh it's fine i don't remember what house they're at but it's all the guys are sitting around and mm -hmm. they keep getting uh visitors 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Junior says the phrase fucking Grand Central Station. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that now? No, that was, was the scene uh, uh, when when he was talking about his uh, brother, Eccley, how they mocked him, like right after right, that. Where, right, right, know, right. And, I'm a source uh, of amusement. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Svetlana shows up and yes. has the exchange with Janice, which is a brilliant exchange because, you know, Janice is being such a fake bitch. And uh, Svetlana <laughs> just, just goes, ah, you're a boring woman. <laughs> that yeah. was one of my favorite lines yeah dude i just my little quick note was when junior says like that fucking grand central station when somebody else rings the doorbell and they're just not expecting visitors and he's like mm-hmm. this is the epicenter of whatever i just got out of the hospital and mm-hmm. all of a sudden phrases like that are mm-hmm. so commonplace yeah and it's always so quick and exactly the perfect reference to the situation yeah. that w- the reason there's any Italian American stand-up comedians like that at all is because you had a father or an uncle with yeah. comedic timing like that. And they weren't kidding. They were just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then they would have something that was like unintentionally hilarious yeah. and like perfect and like cutting like i think the like your stock dad jokes are the last thing to go because uh my grandpa who is 103 uh died like two weeks ago and then we visited him at the uh nursing home maybe like a week before uh he passed because they were he was on hospice care and they're like you kind of you know got to come in and say goodbye we didn't know how uh we didn't know how lucid he was going to be so i can't i went there with my wife who he's only met like one other time because of the pandemic because we haven't been able to visit him for like a whole year and uh and we kind of tap on his shoulder and he like he opens his eyes and it's unclear whether he recognized her but he just he just goes as beautiful as the day i met you and uh and then and then (laughs) and he has my grandpa had like a a series of stock phrases where you'd ask him how he was doing he's hey morris how you doing and he goes oh mill doing um and uh yep, yep, yep. and so my wife goes those my are wife, the last things to go my wife goes are yeah. you doing okay and he goes oh mill doing <laughs> it yeah. was just like the only like the five phrases that he could uh still mm-hmm. remember were all various uh stock jokes that i've heard him do a hundred times before yeah his bits oh, yeah his, uh, his favorite bits yeah man my dad is just gonna go out just asking the doctors did you ever flashy thing me and then wait for a beat and be like men in black that's how he's gonna go <laughs> screaming out what the reference is from yeah, so everyone can get it trying so to, everyone can get it trying to send soup back you're trying to send soup back he's gonna go out matt's dad oh. tried to send soup back at the museum of tolerance uh, he did send for, soup back <laughs> at the museum of tolerance is, in case anybody missed that story in case anyone had missed it yes my dad is that jewish we used to eat at the museum of tolerance for the discount all right yeah. um so yeah uh we we've got you know ralphie pranking nucci and uh and then Ralphie's son, who Justin, who we've this is the first time we've ever met him. He's playing a a little fun game with his friend, uh, in which they shoot an arrow into the air, and uh, the friend tries to catch it with a with a a box. You know, which, um, you know, it's funny. Just, 
it's such a trash game. I'm sorry. Right. It's a trash game. Well, issue. it made me wonder because in Garden State, they like play that game where someone shoots an arrow up in the air and everybody has to uh, dodge it. And it made me wonder if that's just like a game that people in New Jersey play frequently. Oh, interesting. Maybe yeah. that's Dude, a New Jersey so game. much easier to dodge the arrow than to catch it with a target painted on a cardboard <laughs> yeah. box. Yeah. Those Good are point. two completely different outcomes. <laughs> That's so true. I also get yeah. so jealous of like the parenting that gets done uh, in shows compared to like the parenting that you do now where you're just like watching uh, watching the children all the time and never letting them out of your sight. And then in shows, you know, you're just like sitting in the bathtub while your preteen son plays with a bow and arrow outside with his friend. Yeah, I mean, dude. I, yeah. Our generation was like our parents were waiting for us to get hurt and just hoping, always warning us that it was going to be the worst kind of hurt to scare us into not yeah. taking that extra chance. Mm. But I remember always doing things that got us hurt. And that's like how we learned about <laughs> yeah. the world. Yeah. I think it's shows like this, you know, like scenes like this where, you know, Justin gets hit with an arrow uh, that leads the next generation to be like, you know, I'm going to probably watch my kid a little bit more i think every generation watches their kids a little bit more than the previous one just based (laughs) on terrible shit that you know happened in their childhood i also uh noted that as someone pointed out one of our listeners that like the the younger generation of people in the sopranos they try to they all the parents all give their kids like the waspiest name possible so like you go from the tony's generation where it's like tony ralphie Vito, and then uh mm-hmm. ralphie's kid is named justin yeah right <laughs> yeah they do start getting justin more waspy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then his kid, Derek. This is my son, kid. Josh Cifaretto. <laughs> yeah, this is Troy. Yeah. This is Sky Mancini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, Justin gets uh, an arrow right into, uh, you know, right into his chest, pretending to be, uh, you know, Legoland from Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you know? Shouldn't have, shouldn't have tried to be the famous elf Legoland. <laughs> and, uh, it's you know, crazy. I like it. It's... They were already on the second Lord of the Rings when this came out. I didn't realize that oh, Lord of the Rings nuts. was so old. Yeah, that is that. That's that's nuts. I didn't I didn't consider that. I forgot that the yeah the Lord of the Rings is like they they weren't even finished with it. Like yeah. Return of the King hadn't even come out. Well, that's, that's only because Peter Jackson's movies are so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, but dude. Feel like not still... every, it was out but not everyone was done watching it. yeah yeah right there was still mid-year you still you're still getting going through the special the seven hours of special features on dvd <laughs> yeah the seven endings of return of the king where this it just is, keeps not ending this is uh, some footage i've got of me cooking breakfast uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a scene where me and uh, my friends the hobbits are uh, gathered together playing a little game of limp biscuit that's where we uh, ejaculate onto a biscuit and whoever's the least one to uh ejaculate has to eat uh, the ejaculate and of course the ejaculate is shot straight up into the sky and your friend has to catch it on the, on a box <laughs> and if it uh, lands on the center target then uh, then the person who threw it has to eat the ejaculate and so it's it's part of the game it's a lot of fun it's a uh, classic New Zealand game that we've played. Anyway, here's seven hours of us playing the game. Everyone's playing it. It's uh, it's lo- loads of fun, we call it. <laughs> Pun intended. 
<laughs> anyway, it's enough for me. It's Here's enough for me. <laughs> Gotta got go. Flip, 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 flip. Um, so, so, yeah. Uh, and this is where we see Ralphie um, at his most human and most desperate. Um, he's crying all, all the time. You know, he's... Uh, he gets into a fight with like his ex-wife in the hospital. <laughs> That's such a beautifully uh, trashy moment where she no. blames Ralphie for not watching his kid. Ralphie calls her a cunt for buying the uh, arrow in the first place, and yeah. uh, and, and then and the Justin's stepdad goes like, "No one talks to my wife that way." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No one. I just, no one talks to my wife who showed up to the hospital with her gravely injured son, not crying at all and barely showing any emotion that way. Yeah, it was a strange thing where she's just like, she's more mad at Ralphie than she is sad yeah. at Justin. Dude, her son has an arrow in his trachea and there's no oxygen getting to his brain. And she yeah. shows up to the hospital. She goes, this is your fault. I mean, yeah, I felt yeah. like that was pretty realistic. I feel like when that happens, everyone's <laughs> going to be blaming each other. And they were like, she was blaming I him know, for not watching it, the kid. He was blaming her, her for buying her a bow and red. Her face isn't even red, Vince. Like sure. she's like she has not been crying yet. It's it's it was almost like Well, the first I, stage of grief is anger at your ex-husband. That's true. That's true. No matter what no matter what the situation, you get angry <laughs> at your ex ex-husband. And then and then of course Tony breaks it up and uh we get a little preview of what's about to happen when he uh pushes him against the wall, like kind of holding him by the collar and the neck mm -hmm. and uh and you know trying to get him to calm down like it's nobody's fault and he's crying and it's uh it's very sad and you really do see ralphie as a broken man for the first time and he starts apologizing to people for kind of like you know he apologizes to roe for uh you know like being so for being a selfish prick when they were dating and Rosalie April's like, oh, your son's Justin's going to be just fine. And then cut to he's going to be a vegetable, <laughs> which is, uh, I, you know, during the whole DMX thing, uh, you know, because he was in the hospital for a while before he died. Was, and, that, was uh, that an arrow thing, too? No, I don't think that was an arrow. Oh, okay. I, just, I, sure uh, I mean, it could have been. That would have been very funny if he had died <laughs> the same way. Um, but no, um, it was like he was brain dead and uh do we we still call people vegetables like that feels like a dated term at this point <laughs> right yeah doesn't it calling like a, a human who's brain dead a vegetable sounds so especially like, in the context sounds... of the sopranos where like the worst racial slur is like you know a type of vegetable yeah that's true that's true yeah it's uh i mean just vegetables in general are not something you know that you can't do that anymore yeah now i yeah, I feel like it's like... Well, we thought you couldn't, but apparently you could. Yeah, well, everyone was calling DMX a vegetable. No one raised the fuss. And so I was like, I don't know. It just feels... I don't know, because it's supposed to be like... He's basically a carrot. Like, what do you? What does it mean? You're in a vegetative state. I'm not... I don't know what it means. It just... It makes me mad. I don't know Look why. at you breathing on a machine in a hospital bed like a carrot does. You like... Yeah, like a goddamn <laughs> pumpkin. Look at you. Dependent on your stem i don't know <laughs> i don't know what it means but uh yeah so anyways um so yeah so tony takes this off well i guess they go visit the the horse first right the tony and carm 
Yeah, and Tony and Carm go visit a horse. Uh, they visit Pile My. This is Carm's first time meeting it, and they're like petting its snout, and they introduce introduce it to his uh, goat friend and everything. <laughs> and um, Dude, what a what a detail to add. I know. I know that right? the horse has a best friend that's a goat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and everyone just sees it and understands instantly. Carm's like, "What's the deal with the goat?" And Tony, the yeah. murderous mobster is like that's the horse's friend (laughs) and everyone's like yeah okay yeah that's beautiful but only and that was only put in there to make everything so much worse later on yeah yeah i mean that's just an irresistible form of cuteness and like we said before that the sopranos is so ahead of the cultural curve like this came out decades before the animal best friend twitter accounts that mm-hmm. proliferated everywhere and uh right i can't get enough of animal best friends like it's uh oh, yeah. you know. there's also a cgi spider in the corner who writes little messages in the web <laughs> 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 and someday the goat's gonna go to the big city with the help of a horse and a spider <laughs> not for oh. nothing though that that pig could really hurt some sheep yeah <laughs> That'll do. Gone to go to pig. <laughs> it was dry out that season in the, yeah, big, yeah. the big went to the big city. It was a dry season, so it rained so much the pig had to go <laughs> into the city in search of dry land. It was looking for that dry dirt that pigs love. Oh my uh, god. That's amazing. He oh. hit asphalt and that pig thought to himself, my God. <laughs> It's dry dirt as far as the eye could see. Uh, the rain came down, washed the spider out, the horse was sad. <laughs> so we had to set the whole place on fire. <laughs> oh, man. It was too wet oh, in there. I set it on fire so there'd be some dry dirt for the pig. <laughs> <sighs> Oh God! We're trying to dry out the barn with the fire. Next thing you know, we gotta destroy the horse. <laughs> Terrible episode. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are describing a, a much better Babe Pig in the City, and I would definitely watch it, dude. That's so weird how they cut out that whole scene where Ralphie was uh, shooting flaming arrows at <laughs> the barn. <laughs> oh. But that <laughs> that shit. leads us to the question of what happens next. So what happens next is uh, Tony gets a call and finds out that Piomai that there was a a fire at the stables and Piomai was badly burned and had to be destroyed. And then we get to see it <laughs> unceremonious unceremoniously pulled, like dragged. Well, uh, dude, before as Tony, the, yeah, is lifting up the tarp that they put over the horse. Yeah. You're fucking back home. You're skipping an important moment, which is that Tony inexplicably took the opportunity of Ralph's son being in the hospital in a vegetative state. And he took that moment for some reason to tell him that he was fucking Ralphie's Gumar, which uh, weird timing, I got to say. Just the ultimate prank. Like uh, the, you, that's the only way you can prank a prankster like Ralphie is to at the fucking worst moment, at his lowest low, 
just mention, oh, by the way, I'm fucking your ex Kumar. And I, I as long as you, as long as you're feeling bad about your life and questioning every decision you ever made, I just wanted yeah. to point out that I'm also fucking your girlfriend. That's yeah. right. My condolences to your son. Also, before I go down to the snack bar, <laughs> I gotta get this one thing off my chest. Yeah, yeah. Well, while you're already crying, my little boy, <laughs> covered by the sheet rock and plaster union, right? <laughs> So Ralph, is uh, seeing that girl you used to date at uh, Valentina. I gotta go to hospital. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Just a, uh, just a, a perfect gut punch for for Ralphie right before, uh, you know, he tells him, "Hey, uh, you should go uh, maybe visit the horse, Piomai. Maybe it'll make you feel better." And I think that is must be what laid the seed a little bit. Oh yeah, for for him thinking yeah. that like Ralphie was somewhat responsible. Well, it's an echo um, of the uh, couple episodes ago when Zelman tells Tony he's uh, dating Tony's old Kumar, and Tony pretends that he's cool with it, uh, right? Only to come back and belt the shit out of him. Yeah, he, he just belts him. Yeah, which is. Uh, yeah, this was in in Tony's mind. This was Ralphie's version of belting him, and uh, and yeah. So we get the call again. We find out. Say what you will about Ralphie. He knows how to hit Tony where it hurts. He got. He really like picked the only thing that Tony loves uh, in life. Dude, it's a really weird balance they have in this episode. It's like you. They don't want you for to forget that Ralphie is like a goddamn psychopath. Mm -hmm. you know and like top earner for the family and mm -hmm. will do absolutely anything and is really like a goddamn monster but you also need to have sympathy for this person so when he gets whacked you feel it you know so yeah. it's like i think he's kind of like the mirror image of uh tony or mirror, mirror image of all of these mobsters where like he's the most competent at being a, a sociopath so like in a way He's what they're all aspiring to, to some degree, and that sort of horrifies them. It's kind of like, yeah. I don't know, for me, I relate it to like comedy when you uh, you see someone who's like super funny, and then you hang out with them and you realize like that their entire personal life is a shambles, and uh, and they like <laughs> may have like a personality disorder, and you're like, oh shit, right. is this, yeah. <laughs> was this what I was trying to, is this what I'm trying to be? Fuck. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Oh no, I was going the right way when I didn't have any friends when I moved here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's You're good like, that I'm not that good at this. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you, for some reason, I thought your really funny Tinder jokes meant you'd be a good hang. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know why I jumped to that conclusion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're, you're a very strange, strange man. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think Ralphie's like sociopathy is I think in this episode episode specifically, Tony is the only one who continually questions Ralph's feelings about his son, Justin, where he's like, I've seen this guy beat a woman to death. I've seen him, you know, uh, murder people. I've seen all sorts of shit. He fucking murdered Jackie Jr. You know, and he just he can't stand people feeling sorry for him now 
Because he's, I think he actually agrees with what Pauly was saying in the one scene where, you know, Pauly's like, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tony's like, you, <laughs> you know, don't you bother him. You know, I'm fucking his girlfriend. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's too complicated. He's really going through it right now. And so, like. <laughs> Let me make it clear that I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I'm not going to girlfriend stop. just because his kid has a little arrow in his throat. <laughs> yeah. He got a little bitty arrow in the throat. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> It's not the end of the world. I don't care um, if he's got a hundred kids in the ICU with arrows in their head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he's got one really sick kid with a hundred arrows in his throat. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so uh, you know, Tony is he's not buying what he thinks is the act, you know, and like, you know, Ralphie's crying. He's saying he's a changed man. And I think for the audience, we get a different view because we see him actually go to father Intentola and like, you know, cry and like talking uh, to him about God, by the way, I just want to mention, I think nothing was more infuriating for me in this episode than when Ralphie goes to the priest and says you know like why would god do this to my son my son didn't do anything and the priest is like well jesus had it worse mm-hmm. and it's like why would you is that <laughs> yeah is that supposed to be helpful i, I think don't it understand is. oh you think you had it worse you think you had it worse than jesus i don't think so who has yeah. ever felt better after that <laughs> i don't understand Dude, it. i think when the your family is, yeah. is like when yeah. your whole thing is like your family is like ultra religious that's right. like the thing that trumps everything it's like you could kill someone in front of their mother and be like don't take the lord's name in vain right. you know yeah so it's always going back to like the, the catholic guilt and and stuff like that so it's like uh that's the that's the uh what what would you call it like the measuring stick that's like yeah, the barometer yeah, right. for for everything else. i would say the italian way is not to make you feel better uh, about the bad situation but it, to guilt you into not making such a big deal about it right that, to not complain about it's it. it's so catholic it's like the most catholic thing ever like <laughs> that that to me i'm just like man that is that's like next level to be like Hey, you know, stop crying in front of Jesus on the cross, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, so much so that I thought um, he was going to go after the priest. Me I too. Obviously, I don't remember what happened in, in this episode, or I didn't remember before I saw it. Right. And I was like, oh, is this one he, like, he hits the priest? Yeah. Because you know yeah, he, he literally at one point is like, when Ralphie goes, he, he didn't suffer like this, you know? And then he goes, were you there? When yeah. Jesus yeah, 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 yeah. It's like motherfucker, were you? Why are you why are you giving me <laughs> yeah. attitude? My son's in the ICU. And he's kind of like, no, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, I never thought about it that way. Like, yeah. well, of course, and no also, one was there. The whole thing with this show is like, when are they going to get caught? You know, it's like six yeah. seasons of when are they going to get caught? And yeah. I remember thinking, like, oh, you know, here's another avenue towards that ending where it's mm-hmm. like okay when ralphie tells the priest then the priest is gonna tell the cops yeah, and yeah. that's when they get caught yeah. you know so like yeah. now he has to be disappeared no way yeah. father phil's entire uh what do you call it parse patron what do you call the thing where they're his entire church is funded by mafia money he's not diamond anybody out yeah, that's true. His patrons, his his Patreon subscribers. That's what he's called people. <laughs> yeah, who go to church, right? Yeah, those those are his his, his patrons. Um, yeah. So, 
we end this episode with uh, the second half, uh, which is Ralphie. Um, Ralphie's final goodbye. Uh, Tony goes over after learning that Pyomai has died, and um, they have a little chat in which Tony is just ready ready for what's about to happen to ralphie and uh, dude can we talk about yeah before we get out of the the farm oh yeah can we <laughs> yeah, talk about the last and... shot mm-hmm. that they take at the farm before they cut away to something else is the goat it's coming the goat. in <laughs> and turning to the camera the right half of the screen <laughs> yes. and looking the rack focus on the goat and the goat crying as they're dragging his <laughs> dead horse run away amazing <laughs> Yeah. What happens to the goat after somebody feeds it oats from their hand? <laughs> no, it and turned, the goat's supposed to be fine. It turned into Black Phillip. That was the incident that turned it evil. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. from, is that from the witch? Yeah. The witcher? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, like that at that moment I was <laughs> the goat shoots Tony at the end. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> throwing a boat in Lake Tahoe and and the goat just pulls a pistol out while he's right, in like, his fucking members only jacket. The yeah, little goat he's, members he's saying only a bunch jacket. of Hail Marys to get fish. And then uh yeah. The goat just shoots Tony. No, yeah, I, oh. I remember that scene, it's so funny because it was definitely intentional, but there was something about that shot that felt like I was like, uh, goat just walked in the shot. Like it was a very <laughs> strange <laughs> shot. It's like, hard. Did they, yeah, they keep this on purpose? I mean, it's hard to, sh- it's hard to work with goats. They don't take direction super well. So no. you're kind of stuck with whatever shot. Plus that was that goat's real best friend and they yeah. really killed yeah. the horse for the show. Yeah. No, they, they hired them as a team. You know, they're like a comedy <laughs> <Yeah>. troupe. It's <laughs> first it rains and all the pigs goat. go away and then there's a fire and your horse best friend dies. Oh, rough, rough. Week. Your CGI that, spider is crying. Yeah. That goat oh. won an award for that scene. Oh, definitely. Uh, a SAG award. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. There it is. Kill me. I thought you were going to go with BAFTA, but all right. Oh, BAFTA's good too. All right. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, Tony's uh, final goodbye with Ralphie, and uh, I, I have a clip of that. At this point, the fire marshal says that it looks accidental. What well, sick fuck would do something like that on purpose, huh? You know, I'm telling Justin loves my hate. See, sour cream is a secret ingredient. Right. What sick fuck? You know, I don't understand you, Anthony. We got lucky. That accidental fire was a a, a bolt from beyond. Jesus Christ, you did it. You cooked that fucking horse alive. No, I did not. But so what? So what? It was a fucking animal. A hundred grand a piece. It was a fucking horse. What are you, a vegetarian? You eat beef and sausage by the fucking carlo. can't believe you've done this i like that they left it slightly ambiguous that you don't know if it was tony realizing that ralphie killed his horse that set him off or the fat joke that set him off 
uh, yeah, or, that's or true. a combination yeah, of the two. Yeah, it was like hey, you eat fucking sausage by the by the handful or something like that. Yeah, that was. And, and I remember seeing this the first time I saw this uh, episode and the scene in particular. I remember thinking that this was kind of like it was about Piomai, but it was also a little bit about the uh, the stripper that he beat to death. Mm-hmm. Like I remember thinking that explicitly. Like, oh, this is really about. Um, I forget her name, but the the Tracy. stripper that that Tracy, yeah. But in rewatching it, I was like, I don't know why I got that impression. I mean, Ralphie's done so much shit to merit getting beaten to death. Well, he did at the very end. Tony does have like a, a moment of introspection, looking at the mirror in the Bada Bing, and there's a picture, a very small picture of Tracy on it. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what gave it away. Yeah, because I, I remember thinking specifically that, you know, there was a time when I used to watch shows when I wasn't on my phone the whole time. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think in that moment, it was a combination of he's mad at, about, mad at him about the horse. Yeah. Uh, he is... He... Uh, Ralphie does a fat joke in the middle of him being mad at him about the horse. And uh, he's pissed because Ralphie made kind of a good point that uh, like, like he's worried about one horse when he's eaten like a thousand pigs and cows in his life. And, and not mm. only that, but he's also like, uh, you know, he's he's touching on a nerve that Tony knows secretly that for some reason he cares more about animals than he does about humans. And I know it disturbs him secretly, but he he never really talks about it. Um, so I think it's like he like Ralphie is touching a lot of fucking nerves, and it uh, shouldn't. He should just own that. I mean, of course he cares more about the horse. The horse isn't uh, you know they're making fat jokes about him or uh, right. You know, the horse accepts him for who he is. Tony, uh, he does that weird thing with AJ is his son's name, right? Yeah. Right. Forgive yeah. me. So he does that weird thing where he, you know, has to disguise his love and affection for his son in like the macho fighting in the most sense. violent way. Yeah. And then it's like the only thing he shows outward love and vulnerability towards and appreciation for is this horse. Yes. And, you know, Ralphie being the fucking monster that he is just organizes something that kills this horse in a very violent you know way and just like he got rid of the stripper in a very violent way so Mm -hmm. they're like you know this guy uh it's kind of anytime tony kills someone it's like self-preservation type shit oh yeah completely like i gotta get rid of this person before they this is a person who could you know fuck it all up for me and it's a funny the timing's funny because it's like at once really bad because if you're going to kill ralphie and try to hide it you would do it in a much cleaner way where you you know aren't like having obvious signs of struggle throughout the house and probably leaving just giant piles of dna everywhere but dude i thought about him fucking cleaning the kitchen on his hands and knees for they don't show any of it but i'm like okay well they bumped into the toaster yeah right hit him with a rolling pin you know but at the (laughs) same time like when ralphie turns up missing everyone's gonna be like well he was really sad about his son uh getting hit with the arrow so like he he did like act he did bumble into a weird 
cover story for himself. But it's like that's Tony's MO though is like low key he has a sixth sense for when he can get away with shit mm -hmm. and whether or not he consciously knew that this was the perfect time to kill Ralphie like he definitely it factored into it like Ralphie's at the weakest he's ever been and not only that but like Ralphie even makes a point that gets him killed I think when he says you know the horse was no good you know, uh, and then she was like, it bounced back. And it's like, yeah, it bounced back now. But every time it takes a little bit out of them, you know, it, it, it's all downhill from here. And I think there was a little bit of that when it comes to Ralphie, where he looked at Ralphie and he said, like, he's a good earner now. But this shit and his obsession, you know, like, oh, I'm going to give $60,000 a year to Rutgers for a Jackie Jr. fucking scholarship. You know, he's like, he, I think he saw that Ralphie was weak and was only going to get worse from here. Right. And said, like, mm. I think that was a subconsciously part of the decision. But, uh, you know, that's just me doing a little bit of psychoanalysis. You Wait, know, check out uh, Dr. Melfi over here. Hey, they call me Dr. <laughs> Melfi. <laughs> and uh, the last thing before, and of course there is literally 20 more minutes in this episode, but I think we can sum it up with uh, Chrissy... And Tony are cleaning up the body, and uh, Tony discovers that Chrissy is high. And I got to say, Michael Imperioli playing uh, a guy who's high on heroin fucking perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. And then he immediately is like, ugh, I totally blew yeah. it by pronouncing it. Oh, he oh, blows it. It's the most amazing. <laughs> I, have the, I have a clip of that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I found him like this. That was a piece of shit. I like that he still thinks that he needs to lie to Chris in this moment, even though like yeah. it's could not be more obvious what happened. Yeah, his yeah. hands are all bruised and bloody. Well, he lies to him for the rest of the episode. He like yeah. doubles down on it at the end. Yeah. yeah. Because they never say it. Even like he's he's the same as Ralphie. Even in the moment where he's basically telling on himself, he still maintains like plausible deniability, like maybe yeah. I didn't kill the horse. You don't know who's That's wearing the a thing, wire. Man. That's that yeah. That's very like everyone with that personality has that. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with you? Nothing. Don't lie to me. You're high. I smoked half a joint before you called. I'm fine. Look at you. Your nose is running, you fucking junkie. You promised me you wouldn't do that shit anymore. I did then. <laughs> I've said that before like that. I didn't. I did then. I did then. I mean, just immediately. Oh, I blew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such great great acting there. Like you could tell he blew it like before he even finished saying the word. Oh man. Yeah. That is it's rough, dude. But both, and yeah. Both Tony and Ralphie are very like OJ Simpson uh I didn't kill Nicole Brown, but if I did it, this is how it would have went down. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Whoever did this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the episode is just this hilarious bit of them, you know, getting rid of the body. Um, one of my favorite moments, uh, if we're doing favorite and least favorite, um, one of my favorite moments is when Chrissy hot wires the uh i don't know what you call that like a uh, one of those big machines tractor tobacco yeah 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 backhoe um hot wires it but then can't 
can't get it to work and there's this look in tony's face where he realizes oh shit this is uh, one of them do not operate heavy machinery moments yeah. and, and like immediately like gets on and then starts lecturing him <laughs> this again. This is what they're See, talking like, about. This is what we're talking yeah. about. If you're high all the time, you can't operate heavy machinery from getting rid of bodies. It's like one of many reasons not to do heroin, but point taken. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I love that so much. Um, My, uh, yeah. My favorite moment is like there's not a lot of Carm in this episode, but she really, no. as always, um, Edie Falco makes the most of her screen time when her and Ro are talking shit on uh, on Artie Bucco and what a yeah. piece of shit he is, and he looks over at her and she does that smile and fake wave at him. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't stop yeah. laughing. So good, yeah. Edie Falco is a fucking gem, and it, I, it can't be said enough that like she is easily the best actor on the show and she's so good that she largely on this podcast she doesn't go unnoticed but it's just like she's just it's like meryl streep you know what i mean it's like of course meryl streep is the best actor in any given year who else besides meryl streep is good that's right 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 that's why we don't talk about women (laughs) (laughs) that's why uh let's see mike do you have a a favorite uh, scene or a least favorite um least favorite was that whole arrow thing that i completely forgot about (laughs) and just least favorite because it's hard to watch and i i have this thing while watching it i don't really watch much stuff now i don't get like emotionally involved in stuff yeah yeah but going back to watch the sopranos you really like i forgot that every episode was like oh fuck they're gonna get caught or killed (laughs) this episode after a certain point i don't remember when that point is or what season that's in but you think it's gonna happen every episode and you're just like how the fuck could they possibly get out of this situation so that was just another one of those like you're feeling the weight of all these people in this situation And my favorite part is just like, it's always the little quips because that's the shit that reminds me most of like the real Italian experience and my family. So the little quip about Grand Central Station, even though that's such like a nothing passing thing. Yeah. That is like, that was my favorite. (laughs) You're so so right about the arrow thing too, because like I haven't... I, I haven't watched the show. I didn't rewatch the show outside of uh, this podcast since I watched it originally. And I did not remember the arrow thing at all either. Like it totally just went in and out. Like it gets yeah. overshadowed by everything else that happens in this episode, I guess. Yeah. The dude, yeah. the kid shoots an arrow straight up in the air into another kid's throat. And it's the least memorable thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. In it's this episode. It, it's all misdirection. Like you, you don't remember that because that was just to trick you before they yeah. actually murder him. So yeah. I, also I, quick runner up for yeah. uh shot of the year is the goat looking back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crying oh fucking amazing very much uh you know i i almost felt like that was a uh homage to uh the you know the indian iron eyes cody they mentioned uh-huh. him yeah uh, you know the in the 70s commercial about litter you know where the crying indian i almost feel like are they doing an homage to iron eyes cody to a previous episode of the sopranos because they talk about him in that episode as well so uh mm. it's an homage i'll say that sure. um my my least favorite uh is just uh 
randomly like the lawyer being like my daughter's addressing the irish parliament abortion issues i don't know why that's in there <laughs> i don't it oh, has yeah. nothing to do with anything i mean i i like adding details to things but i just didn't get that um and yeah i think uh the real gangster of this episode uh arrows that's what i think yeah. <laughs> i think uh arrows are are the real gangster um and finally uh learned a new word i don't know if we've ever done this word specifically vince but our gaba vafangul for the day uh which is italian american slang is ubats oh we've done that <laughs> one before we've done ubats yeah i yeah. feel like we've done stugats i think we've done ubats but let's uh, i mean i'm always down to hear stevie b another time hey so doing hey, i'm stevie b and the italian american <laughs> slang word of the day is ubats ubats me and my long-term girlfriend soon to be fiance josie and i repeat girlfriend to displace any rumors spent the long weekend at the jersey shore Went down Seaside Heights on the boardwalk. Josie looks up, see a ride a mile high, whipping around fast. She goes, let's go on that ride, Stevie. Hey, Josie, what are you, Ubats? (laughs) (laughs) My lovely girlfriend, Josephine, and I spent a weekend in the Jersey Shore in lovely Seaside Heights. Whilst walking down the boardwalk, Josephine spotted ride quite high and quite fast. Josephine said, Stevie, I'd love to go on that ride with you. I just looked at Josephine and said, Are you nuts? Ubats! And remember, friends, sharing is caring. Gotta love Stevie B. Stevie B, thank you again for our new Italian American slang word of the day. And, uh, yeah, let's see. If I had to rate this episode, and I could rate it anything, I'd say a solid B plus. Vince, what would you give this podcast? Ooh, that's or, sorry, a really what would you give this episode? Really tough decision. <sighs> I mean, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. But I think mm. I'm gonna have to go with a B plus. Yeah, uh, Mike Falzone. If you had yes. to rate this episode, let's say between B plus and B plus. What would you rate this episode of The Supreme? Well, with all due respect to the show and the format, I'd like to um, interject my own scale, my own. Oh, sure. And I give it five out of five flaming horses. I thought <laughs> oh. this, I thought this episode had everything. This episode made me feel agitated. <laughs> and uh, it it really made me nervous. It this episode reminded me of everything I've ever felt watching The Sopranos in nice. one episode. Nice. Yeah. So had a little bit of everything. The the weird thing is I actually I have this like conversion tool uh for different rating systems. And let <laughs> yeah. me just check real quick. Let me just <laughs> checking uh oh it turns out uh five out of five flaming horses equals one B plus. So you're giving That's it a solid B plus. B plus. That's true, yes. Perfect. Well, Mike Felzone, thank you so much for coming on to Pod Dude, Yourself. Thank you for again. having me, man. Where uh where can people find you online? 
Uh, like you said before, I have uh, two podcasts. One I do with my wife called Welcome to the Pod. Welcome to Our Podcast. One mm-hmm. I do with my friend uh, Steve Zaragoza called Dynamic Banter. I've been on YouTube for fifty years. My fiftieth <laughs> year on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I was in that uh, that show recently, uh, Final Space on Adult Swim. And uh, that season, we're about halfway through that season right now. It's my friend Olin Rogers' show, and you can catch that on, I think it's on Hulu. Nice. Um, also, anywhere where you'd see Adult Swim. And uh, yeah, just doing stand-up. Going to get vaxxed up and start traveling again. So I'm oh, uh, really excited amazing. about that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, catch Mike Falzone on any of his podcasts or on the road coming to a town near you. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all the bonus episodes. And uh, we actually have two new Pod Yourself a Shoutout patrons. Oh, all which right. I, I, gotta, will... I gotta put on my nickname given shoes, but yeah, go put, ahead. Put on your nickname uh, given shoes. Uh, the first one is Sean uh, Balazentes. Sean Bala. Hey, we call him uh, Sh- Bala. We call him Shawnee the Balls. Shawnee Balls. Shawnee right. Balls. Shawnee Balls <laughs> Belizentis. All right. And uh, the next one is Jacob Frick. Frick. Jacob Frick. Well, it makes me want to Frick. We call this guy Fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Big Pussy can be a name. That's my Uncle Fuckface. <laughs> hey, Uncle Fuckface, you brought Calzone. Oh, man. Hey, come on. The kids are here. That's Frickface. <laughs> yeah, it's Frickface. Please. <laughs> the Frick family will not stand for this injustice. <laughs> so thank you, uh, Sean, uh, the balls, Balazentes, and Jacob Fuckface Frick. It kind of reminds me when I was... Uh, when I was playing rugby with all these Australians, like w- we mostly knew each other through nicknames, and some some people you didn't actually know their real names. And mm-hmm. uh, there was this one guy whose nickname it was Bedpan, and I think I think he like pissed himself or something at some point. So everybody yeah, knew him sense. as either Bedpan or BP. And then on Parents Weekend, uh, people didn't want to call him Bedpan in front of his parents, so they just called him Pan. <laughs> 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 no idea what his regular name yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Frogcast. Uh, donate now. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, concerns. Vince, what's the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.